right, Circle of Wagons, episode two. Will Fowler, Nick Melanson, Andrew Myers, back here in the studio. And guys, <clears throat> that's enough. <laughs> Why did this have to be the week that the NBA had to implode? Oh, because the trade deadline's in like a week, right? Yeah, yeah, it's April like Thursday, February seventh, next Thursday. But we all knew it was going to happen. Everybody knew Anthony Davis was going to request a right. trade. And if you heard the Kyrie Irving, uh, oh, and Chris Stops too. I did not see that happen with Chris Stops. Yeah, they said that his meeting with uh, the Knicks executives last less than five minutes, and then he was literally traded like a half hour later. Yeah, which we'll, I thought was a little premature. We'll talk about that. But yeah. I just think it's funny how. A week ago today, we were sitting in this booth, and we were expecting this episode to be all Super Bowl, exclusively Super Bowl, because it's going to be the biggest storyline of the week. It still is. Wait, the Super Bowl's this weekend? Something like that. I think that's what it's called. But, uh, Patriots Invitational? <laughs> Patriots Invitational. But now we've got, like, the oh, Super Bowl, and then, like, 20 minutes of NBA basketball. Sorry, continue. It's fine. I've never listened to anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying that... It was supposed to be exclusively Super Bowl, and now it's Super Bowl, but also like 20 minutes of NBA basketball on Super Bowl weekend, which is absurd. NBA's taking over. Can we yes, agree? And I'm here for it. And I'm here for it. All right. Let's start with the Super Bowl. Pats, Rams, uh, plenty of storylines. Brady going for his sixth ring. Uh, Rams trying to have the Patriots dynasty come full circle. Plenty of storylines, plenty of matchups. Nick, what matchup are you looking at the most in this Super Bowl 53? Um, the one that I'm looking at most, I'm excited to see uh, the running back matchup. Todd Gurley last week, I, we said on last week's podcast that he just played like total buns two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, he had like, we said he had five touches in total, career lows. He had like 50 all-purpose yard, career low. He had two touchdowns, but they were like two five-yard rushing touchdowns. So, um, as a football fan, I want I want to see if he can bounce back and play well. As a Patriots fan, I hope that does not happen. And I'm also looking forward to see on the flip side, Patriots running back Sony Michelle. Um, I said last week how really ever since Josh Gordon got suspended, he's been like the bell cow for the Patriots. He's had average like about 100 yards a game. He has I think five touchdowns now through his first two career playoff games. So I wanted to see if he can do the same against the Rams. But it's also the Rams front seven you have to go against with. Dominican Sue and everybody that they have. So I was looking forward to see not just if Todd Gurley can play well, but Sonny Michelle as well. Sonny Michelle's interesting. He had a crazy game against the Chargers. Didn't he did. He? he went off. He did, yeah. And then I don't what did he do against the Chiefs? I don't remember. The Chiefs he had 113, 113 yards, two touchdowns. And then he had uh three touchdowns in the first half against the Chargers. And I was like, Whoa, you know, he's just <laughs> this pump, guy now. Pump the brakes. But what pisses me off is that um I think that they use Rex Burkhead too much. It's a weird thing to say because they have a lot of they have good running backs, but Rex Burkhead pisses me the hell off because sometimes he does well where he had the touchdown in overtime against Kansas City that eventually sent the pass to the Super Bowl. But then towards the end of uh, the regular season, James White was like a monster the first twelve weeks of the season, and then he all of a sudden would get like four or five touches a game, and that's not usually James White you would see because Rex Burkhead was hurt all year when he came back from injury. He started getting more carries, and it's just I don't know. He's not he's not an exciting player. He's he's so damn boring to watch. He just gets the ball and just runs like five yards and falls. And I know that that's, the, that's a running back. That's what they do. But I, I would rather see Sonny Michelle or James White out there. I think they're more talented. But, you know, that's a, the Patriots' lifestyle is running, back, running backs by committee. So what are you going to do? When's the last time the Patriots had a running back like Sonny Michelle? Like shift, mm. like not, like not, I know LeGarrette Blount was a bell cow oh. was there, but I'm talking about like a shifty. Stephen Ridley? Running back, maybe. Stephen mm. Ridley had uh, like 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. He went in 2012, I think. He was like 23 years old. But that lasted like one year. Then he right. fell off the face of the other. So maybe, I don't know, Corey Dillon? 
It's been a while since <laughs> the Pats have had a good back. So, but that's that's the NFL, you know. Right. A lot of, I mean, a lot of these teams that have a really good quarterback can't just get by by that. You think of the elite quarterbacks of the league now, and all the top five quarterbacks all have a top running back to go right. with them. That's so true. Especially with Tom Brady being, I don't know if you know, he's forty-one years old. He's forty-one years old. Especially with his age, I think. And and you know, obviously, if, if Bill Belichick is going to leave too, and you start to think of the future and how this team is going to be built, and at least you have pieces for an offense moving forwards, minus Tom Brady. You can have a running back there too, so I right. think it's kind of interesting. Andrew, what matchup are you looking at? Uh, I'm, I've been tossing and turning in my head since you started here. <laughs> uh, why is that funny? It's the whole two it's or three minutes. It's a common phrase. <laughs> tossing and turning in my head. Never heard that before. Tossing and turning in my bed, not head. Okay, regardless, <laughs> uh, my first right out right when I read the match of uh, the rundown here. And you, you asked me what matchup I'm looking for. I immediately thought of McVay versus Belichick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna switch shift it a little bit to a different coach on the Rams sidelines, and that's Wade Phillips and his matchup, his schemes against Tom Brady. Everybody knows Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time, even though some like some people joke that he's a system quarterback because Bill Belichick's the best coach of all time. Whatever. Regardless, Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. There's no doubt about that. Wade Phillips, he's a he's a much I won't say much better defensive coordinator than head coach because, yes, he has a pretty solid record as a head coach, but he hasn't had a head coaching job in about nine years, I think. And he's been defensive coordinator Saints for a couple teams. I know he was with the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50, and that defense was insane. So you got to give a little bit of credit to him, even though they had a ton of uh, talent on that team. Um, and the Rams' defense obviously is loaded with talent, but they haven't really done – like they haven't really played up to par, I think. And we talked about it on the radio show last semester that – they don't really need to when the Rams offense is putting up 30 points a game. You don't really need right. to play lights out defense, but they still have the names on there. Aaron Donald, I think we can all agree, is the best defensive player in the league. And he and he plays defensive tackle, which is like if he can bust through that line, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for uh, Brady to get that ball out quickly, but that's what he's known for. So I'm just interested in seeing what Wade Phillips how he game planned over the ne- over the past two weeks. Because it's tough to game plan against Brady because he just flings that thing in less than two seconds and if you get pressure on him, that's the name of the game. If you get pressure on Brady, you got a good shot at winning. And the Rams have the they have the talent on that defensive line to get pressure on Brady. It's just a matter of actually doing it. And Wade Phillips, I mean, he obviously he's not going to be out there on the field with his guys, but he's got to pump that motivation to them that they can get to this guy. The Patriots offensive line has been great so far this these playoffs. So I'm interested to see how what, what schemes Phillips put together and uh, how, how the Rams defense can execute that come Sunday. Speaking of Aaron Donald, did you did both of you guys see uh, Madden simulation of the Super Bowl? That, that I saw video? the final score. Yeah. Do you see like what like they did it differently? Usually they do it like they should like play by play. Oh, like, they, they show like their stats, right? Yeah, they should stats. Yeah. You see what they have for Aaron Donald? Four sacks. Four sacks. sack yet in the playoffs. <laughs> That's absurd. Because he, he if he gets pressure, he dumps it off. Mm-hmm. But four um, turtles too. He does that a lot as well. Yeah. He well yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Going off that, though, I'm looking at I, – I genuinely think it's going to come down to a battle in the trenches. I know that's, like, so cliche to say, and you hear that a lot. But in this case, I think it's so accurate because the Rams' defensive line has probably been, if not without a doubt, been the best defensive line in football all season with the Dominic Sue and uh, Aaron Donald coming mm-hmm. up the middle. And the Pats' O-line has been hot. Sonny Michel has, as we mentioned before, has had a great postseason. And it hasn't – it's been him, but it's also been that offensive line. They're underrated and they're playing well at the right time. And that that matchup, Rams' D-line versus Pats' O-line, 
I think it's going to be huge in deciding if Brady drops 14 points or 40 points. I think it, it could go in any range of the spectrum. And then on the other end, Todd Gurley has been so ineffective this postseason. And we're starting to see now that a lot of his success in the regular season came from how strong his offensive line has been with Rob Havenstein, Andrew Whitworth. Um, a lot of his performance is directly dependent on the offensive line. I watched a video um, a few weeks ago about when Todd Gurley was like in the thick of the MVP, MVP race. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, like, does he really deserve it? And that was at the time when I was like, absolutely he does. Like, he's a baller. And then they were like, yeah, Todd Gurley averages like five, at the time, like five and a half uh, yards per carry. And based on metrics, they said something like three and a half or four of those yards were coming from the offensive line. Yeah. Like so much of his production came from the gaps that he got. And we always feel like, oh, running backs are replaceable because 99% of the time, like if you get a guy who can run through big gaps, then you're chilling. Mm-hmm. And like Todd Gurley, we, we saw in the division around with CJ Anderson, like Todd Gurley is looking, don't get me wrong, he's a star. He's one of the best running backs in the league, but he's looking more and more quote unquote replaceable just because of the position that he plays. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be key in the trenches on both sides. You know what I mean? Yeah, and not just Todd Gurley, too. You think of the Steelers, too. James Conner, another example right. of that. How Le'Veon Bell is undoubtedly until this year, most people I think will say he's the best back in the league. Then James Conner, rookie, comes in and gets like, what, like 1,200 Pro rushing Bowl. yards this year. Yeah. Right. So I think you're right. They kind of lives and die by the. And also, DeMarco Murray, too, is another example. When he yes. was on the Cowboys, he led the league in rushing yards, goes to the Titans, and then he just. It's an off year. Sucks it up. Yeah, yeah. An off year with the Injuries, with the Eagles. maybe. Yeah. But you kind of live and die by the offensive line. I think you're right by yeah. that. Um, speaking of Todd Gurley, that's our next subject because he has been a top three MVP candidate all season and in the playoffs combined 20 carries, 125 yards, which, like, I mean, that's he's averaging, like, six and a half yards per carry, but a lot of that came in the division round against Dallas. Against New Orleans in the conference championship, four carries for 10 yards. Like, he was – he did nothing. And if the Rams are going to win this game, I think we can all agree that Todd Gurley needs to be the guy that he was in the regular season. Todd Gurley can't rush four carries for 10 yards, and then Jared Goff takes over. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, Andrew, do you think that Todd Gurley will be able to bounce back on Sunday? I do think he'll bounce back. Uh, I mean, looking at his numbers from last week, or from the NFC Championship game, four carries for 10 yards, that's just totally unrealistic for, uh, uncharacteristic, as you should say, for Todd Gurley. And maybe, I, I don't know if he got maybe a little banged up in the second half because he didn't, I mean, four carries, no, ma- no matter how bad it is on those four carries, right. he's one of the best running backs in the league. He's carried you this far with, I mean, Jared Gall's not like, he's no slacker. He's not a, he's not an elite quarterback, but he's not like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to take a shot at any quarterbacks, but he's not like a bad quarterback. He's a pretty solid quarterback. So you can't really put all of that on him. But when you start running back, only has four carries no matter how bad he is. I don't know. I think that's kind of weird from Sean McVay's point of view. But anyway, I do think Gurley's going to bounce back. I don't know that he's going to have like a like exploding like 150 yard game, but I don't really think the Rams need that if they can just if they can facilitate the run game. And to beat the to beat the Patriots, and especially in the Super Bowl, you need to mix. You have to have a balance of run pass game. You saw it last year with the Eagles. They started out with the run, brought it up. Yeah, I'm wearing Eagles hat. They started out with the run. And they facilitated Nick Foles into that passing game, and they went hand in hand. I think Foles threw three touchdowns, and they ran. The Eagles ran too, and so it, it's it's obvious that 
you need both passing and running games to be on point if you're going to beat the Patriots. You essentially need to play a perfect game on offense to beat the Patriots because you know nine times out of ten when they get the ball on offense, Brady's going to go down and at least get a field goal. So it's tough. It's it's tough if you have to punt. You're probably going to lose this game. So I think they I think they need to bust it out with Gurley right out of the gate. First two plays, I think they need to give it to him up the middle, see if he can bust through and make a play and maybe die down the Patriots defense starting right off the, right out of the gates. But I do think he's going to bounce back and he's going to have a solid game. I mean, it's the world's biggest stage, the Super Bowl, his first Super Bowl, and he's going to prove why he was in the MVP running until a week 14 pretty much. Nick, I know you probably don't want to see Todd Gurley yeah. bounce back. You're probably hoping for another four carries for 10 yards performance. That'd be nice, yeah. What's your mentality? I think it can go one of two ways. I think when, when we were still the point after, when we were talking about, you know... <laughs> Many moons ago. Yeah, when it was like <laughs> uh, like week six of the season. When that's when we were making our predictions. How we thought, oh, Rams are going to go undefeated and all this stuff. And we are talking about, can God, Todd Gurley be an MVP candidate? And I remember we were saying that he actually had a chance to beat the single season record for rushing touchdowns. Right. We were talking about, can he beat uh, LT's record? And... For a guy like that, to come off a season he just had, I would fully expect him, especially like Andrew said, on the biggest stage of his career, who knows if he's going to be back here, I would fully expect him to put up a monstrous game, because he should, and I think that he will. But on the other hand, the way that Bill Belichick usually orchestrates these defense is he takes away your best player, whether it be your quarterback, wide receiver, running back. In terms of the Rams, their best player is Todd Gurley. So I would expect... Bill Belichick to try to devise some sort of scheme to keep the ball in Jared Goff's hand to try and like if you're gonna lose to the Rams, I would much rather lose by saying, All right, Jared Goff threw four hundred yards and two right. touchdowns. I'd rather lose that than say, All right, Todd Gurley ran all over us. And they've tried that in the past. They tried that against uh the AFC championship when they played the Ravens. They said, Okay, you know what, we're gonna make this non elite quarterback Joe Flacco beat us. <laughs> when that was <laughs> I think I think they still had Ray Rice then and that was when he was still an elite running right. back. And they shut down Ray Rice, but Joe Flacco threw for however many yards and you say, you know what? All right, if Joe Flacco is going to throw that many yards, I'll take that. And I think that Bill Belichick is going to devise a scheme to try and do that where he's going to try and stop uh, Todd Gurley. But that being said, they've never played a running back like Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley might be the best running back they've played since Le'Veon Bell last year. So I think Le'Veon Bell is going to have a good game, and it kills me to see that. But I think he's going to be a big a big part of the Super Bowl. You said you think Le'Veon Bell's going to have a good game. Oh, God. I, I think Todd Gurley is going to have a big game, and it, it pains, pains me to say that. Hasn't the Pats defense run defense, rather, been, like, pretty elite this playoffs? Playoffs, yes. Regular right. season, not so much. Um, they, I know Dante Hightower has played terrible all season. This is by far his worst season as a pro, and, and the Pats' run defense kind of lives and dies by your linebacker group. They had Juwan Bentley, who was their big rookie, who played really well the first few games of the season, and he tore both his biceps. And, you know, like, what are you going to do? They had um, Alandon <laughs> Roberts is usually in there, but he's an undersized uh, linebacker, he's kind of like a heat-sick missile. Like he'll just run in there and try to blow you up. But Todd Gurley is a big dude. Like you, you can't just run in, in the play and try and blow up Todd Gurley. They also their front seven Lawrence guys are run stuff where they have Malcolm Brown, but they they got their hands full. And also the the Rams offensive line is really good too. I don't think the Pats have played an offensive line like like this is literally the Pats have not played a team like this all year, which is what I'm trying right, to get at. Right. So I think, like I said, I think Todd Gurley is gonna have a big day. Yeah, I going off your point of how the Pats. Scheme for the best player. I wouldn't be surprised to just see the Pats stack the box, seven, eight guys in the box, yeah. and then say, Goff beat us downfield. You know yeah, I mean? and especially the and some of their secondary is bad, too. I mean, right. the Pats have... Stephon Gilmore's Stephon, a first-team all-pro. Stephon Gilmore's a stud. Yeah, they have 
Devin McCourty and Jason McCourty, they have a good secondary. So it's it, it starts with stopping Todd Gurley, and then after you work out from there. So, right. but Jared Goff, he's now running the middle quarterback. I mean, he was also an MVP candidate, like until Todd Gurley really took off. Right. But hopefully that Madden simulation's wrong. I saw that they <laughs> had him with like 400 passing yards and two touchdowns yeah. and a pick. And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> goddamn. So we'll have to see. So then, guys, does that make Todd Gurley your X factor, or is it somebody else? For me. Um, I think he would be most people's X Factor. But when I was talking about running backs before, I really think that Sony Michelle is the X Factor for this game. Bitch. I was <laughs> I was looking at I, I was say. looking at his stats uh when I think when Andrew was talking earlier and he's he's had fifteen or more carries ten times this year. Were you gonna make You're the same literally point? saying this series like <laughs> eight, eight, eight of those ten games he had over hundred rushing yards and they won every single one of those games. One of the ten games he didn't, he had ninety eight rushing yards. Wow. So and also, like I said before, Sony Michelle, the, the Pats team plays totally different when Sony Michelle is in the lineup. It opens everything up. They don't have any other running backs like Sony Michelle because when James White's in there, he's getting a screen every time. He's never going to run the ball. I already said Rex Burkhead. I'm, I'm not really that big on his game. They haven't had a running back like Sony Michelle in a while, and I think that in order for the Pats offense to really explode against a defense like the Rams, he's got to have a big game. And anything well, to double onto that? Yeah, you t- <laughs> t- pretty much everything, but I, I'll, go like, I'll go the opposite of the 15-carry game. He he's had four games. Sorry, he's had five games. I think without with less than fifteen carries. One of them was a win, but he had four carries against the Bears. I, I think he probably he got, got hurt in that yeah. game. Yeah, and the other four games when he had under fifteen carries, they're all four of the five losses for the for the Pats. And then the other loss was that crazy loss to the Dolphins on the last play, and he had twenty carries in that game. So, Miami miracle. So yeah, just just piggybacking off of that. If you just I th- you just have to feed Sony Michelle, and that's. I guess that's kind of not the Patriots' mantra in Super Bowls because Brady, I think Brady threw like 60 passes last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he, he completed at least 40 of them. I know that because the Eagles secondary was just getting shredded by Brady last uh, last year. He yeah. had 505 yards, a QB, a, pa- rushing, a passing yard record in, in the Super Bowl. So maybe it's not the maybe it's not Belichick's plan to feed a single running back 20-plus carries in a game, but I, the way Michelle's been playing in the playoffs – Against the Chargers in the divisional round, 24 carries for 129 yards, three touchdowns. And then in the AFC Championship game, 29 carries for 113 yards and two touchdowns. This dude is hot right now, and I know it's been two weeks since the game, which I said it last week on the podcast. I hate that there's a week in between, but whatever. I'm not the commissioner. Uh, He's still hot based on statistics from the last two games. So feed the guy. If he gets hot early, you got a much better shot at winning. I still think the Pats Pats are the favorite in this game, but if you can feed your rookie running back – and who's on got the high hand right now, got the hot legs, you got a much better chance of winning this game, and especially against that defensive line they're going to be facing. I agree with both of you guys in that sense. But how about a guy like Robert Woods, who, as we mentioned, what the the, the way the Pats are going to scheme is by, uh, we think, stacking stacking the box, trying to slow down Todd Gurley and make Jared Goff beat him with his arm. And Goff's primary receiver is Robert Woods. Goff, you could also say, is the X Factor, but that's that's kind of a mainstream answer. You know, like, I'm, not, I'm trying to go that route. But Robert Woods, if Robert Woods doesn't beat Stefan Gilmore off the step and can't get a, a, a step on his man, then who, what's Brandon Cooks, who's a shell of himself from back in New Orleans? I mean, Brandon Cooks had a good year this year. He, well, yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty good. But I don't know. My, my, my mindset is that Robert Woods has kind of been Jared Goff's, like, safety net this season. Mm-hmm. If if ever Todd Gurley is only averaging two or three yards a carry or if Brandon Cooks isn't open or if any of the other guys are getting stomped on, 
you chuck it up to Robert Woods, and nine times out of ten, I'll probably come down with it just because of his wheels, and he's a really good ball catcher. Yeah. So, I, if if Robert Woods, I, I I don't know. I'm not. I don't know where I'm going with this. I think Robert Woods my X factor. I think it's interesting too to see how the Pats are gonna uh, play defense in terms of receivers against the Rams because Brandon Cooks runs like a four three. Robert Woods also has some wheels, right. and then. Stefan Gilmore is like six one. He's he's not the fastest guy, and he's usually covering like when they play the Steelers, like covering Juju. Like that kind of receiver is like prime matchup right. for Stefan Gilmore. But the Pats also have Jonathan Jones, who's usually their nickel, but he runs like a four three. So I'm wondering maybe they'll try and cover him on Woods, cover him on. Uh, they're probably not gonna put him on Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks is one of the best receivers in the NFL. <laughs> but they also have uh, J C Jackson too, their undrafted rookie who had a really good year. He's been playing really well in the playoffs. He runs like a four four as well. So in terms of speed of the uh, Rams receivers, I also really want to see like what kind of matchups they do on defense. That's fair. I, th- I think I think Belichick scheming. Belichick always when in Belichick schemes in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl, it's always something absurd. Yeah. We don't. Do we know why Malcolm Butler didn't play last year? There's. I've heard so many rumors. Right. There was. I heard one where he got in a screaming match with Belichick's son in the <laughs> hotel. I heard one where he was sick. I heard one where they also uh, the the Boston sports radio. I remember. Uh, they literally talked about the Super Bowl all summer. When I was at work, I just listened to it on my headphones, and they were saying how, like, if you go back and watch a tape of the AFC Championship in, in the playoffs, I mean, Malcolm Butler was getting sauced right, all over right. the field. He was playing. He was playing. I, <laughs> I couldn't think that. of a better word. He, he was playing terrible, and they figured, you know, him going up against Alshon Jeffrey or whoever, Aguilar, it, it isn't the best matchup. So they, they were talking about it as a matchup scheme, but we're never going to know. Malcolm right. Butler, I think Malcolm Butler, he's too classy to say. And Belichick, he's never going to admit right. why. So. so before we get to who we think is going to raise the Lombardi Trophy, we got a little game for you guys. And this is actually Andrew's idea. And, I, cool. and I, closed I, the, I closed the document. <laughs> and I have to reopen it. Okay. We have some prop bets for Let's get it. for the three of us. Now, the way I want to do this is that no, no. <laughs> a little bit of a point after throwback where we uh, we documented our answers yeah, and award a right. winner so that these picks actually matter okay. for something. So we're going to like go that. around. Slap bet. <laughs> yeah, we were watching, Nick and I were watching How I Met Your Mother today. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a big How I Met Your Mother head, but right. I took it off of Netflix, so like, I, it's kind of sad I can't really watch it when I want to. But yes, well, it was this is the first one when they found out Robin Sparkles. Oh yeah, yeah. So the slap bet. So I think we went. Maybe we implement, implement that. You can't, really, you can't show us. Well, we can put it on our Twitter. If if we're talking about iconic shows, yeah, H I M Y M, top five, H- Himium, yeah, gorgeous, top five. I love it. Watch that show. Yep. I can understand the humor though. It's funny when I watch it. But. You know what? You know what else I watch that they actually have most episodes on CBS streaming. What's that? Uh, the first like TV show that I got into. Everybody hates Chris. Yes. Oh, such a good show. Terry Crews. I didn't realize Chris Rock was a narrator until like two weeks ago. Are you oh, serious? Wow. Like, I didn't know who Chris I Rock was. I used to watch it on fine. Nick at night all the time. That's, whenever me and my brothers pulled off on-laters, it was like everybody hates Chris Marathon <laughs> from like midnight to 6 a.m. And we'd just be watching. Or, or George Lopez. Oh, I, I didn't watch it as much. Song. He's jumping on the train. <laughs> 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 okay. All right, let's hop into this. Let's get back on track. These are actually these are five that I set aside. I was looking at these prop bets earlier in the week, and I I might have an article coming out tomorrow for Sporting Report Daily about my five favorite prop bets. Whoa! And uh, no, we're flexed, but um, <laughs> ironically enough, they're going to be the same five that we talk about in this podcast. So if you're doing one or the other, it's going to be the same thing. Fire. Um, the first prop bet that I was looking at: Jared Goff pass attempts over under thirty-seven. Over. 
picks is over. Over under because of what I said, because I think that the Pats are really going to try to take Todd Gurley out of the game and force the ball into Jerry Goff's hands. But that's no small task either because he's got loads of weapons. So. Over under, this is tough. I'm looking at his uh, pass attempts. Wow. Okay. 37? Yeah. Do you, do you want me to go while you do your research? Fine, sure. Okay, I'm actually taking the under on this one because the Patriots, as far as yards per attempt go, the Patriots are one of the worst run defenses in the league. They average like 4.9 yards fair. per attempt, something <laughs> like that. Um, and we're also forgetting that the Rams have Todd Gurley, who's always a, a threat no matter what he did the game before. And C.J. Anderson is emerging as maybe not a legitimate number one, but a really, really good number two. I keep forgetting about him. Right? So they've got two above-average running backs right now. Um, I really, no matter how the Patriots scheme, I can't see Sean McVay giving Jared Goff the ball early. I feel like the first two or three drives are going to be dominated by Jared by uh, Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. So that's going to take throws away from him. Um so, yeah, I think all those combined, Patriots could scheme and, and stack the box, and Jared Goff is going to be forced to throw some, some bad balls, but I think in the end it's going to come down to under 37. Andrew. Okay. After looking at the stats. Okay. The verdict is. In, in the regular season, Jared Goff threw over 37 pass attempts five times. In those games, Rams are 1-4. He also threw for 40 in the AC Championship game, which they won. Obviously, asterisk. they're playing in the Super Bowl. Sure, <laughs> asterisks, whatever. So, I agree with... Wait, you said that. I said under. You said under, yeah. I'm going to agree with you and say okay. under as well because, yeah, we talked about Todd Gurley. He's the bell cow that. He's one of the best running backs in the league. And I do agree with you that I think they're going to give it to him early and often. And the only way that golf is going to go over is if they're down, like, big time at halftime. Right. And I said it last week on the podcast. I won't say my prediction now unless you listened last week, then you obviously knew, but I think it's going to be a close game regardless of who wins. So I don't see either team blowing either one out, which means that I don't think the Pats are going to be blowing out the Rams, so golf won't have to be throwing the ball the entire second half. So, yeah, I'm taking the under on 37. Now the next prop is the exact opposite. Brady's pass attempts are over 37 and a half. And oh, this I'm one, smashing over, it over. over, over okay. 50, I'd say I was going to say, this one is about as easy as they come. Here's the deal. <laughs> Tom Brady, last three Super Bowls, which was Eagles, Falcons, Seahawks. Seahawks, right. 50, 62, 48. So 37 and a half is God. a steal. Yeah. In his last nine playoff games, Tom Brady has thrown under 37 and a half passing attempts one time. It's, it's, Against who, do you know? Oh, I don't remember who it was. Playoffs? Oh, no, it's just by game. I, mean, yeah. just I, by I, I looked at the game log. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, also, when you couple that with the fact that the Rams do have the best defensive line in the league and they're going to have Aaron Donald and Adama Kiksu coming up the middle, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sony Michelle have a slow day, which means, I mean, Belichick, <coughs> if Sony Michelle is not having the best day of his life, Bill Belichick will not waste two seconds taking them all out of his hands and putting it to Tom Brady. Yeah. You know what I mean? Throwaways, too. Those also kind of Right, yeah. <laughs> Screens behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I, quite frankly, might could see Tom Brady pass 37 and a half by the end of the third quarter. <laughs> I wouldn't like, be surprised. Halftime. Yeah, literally. <laughs> the last time Tom Brady threw for, uh, attempted less than 37 passes in a playoff game, 2014, yeah. the AFC Championship game against the Colts, and they won that game 47 to, or 45 to seven. That was yeah, the Flake Eight. Yeah, so yeah, that was the Flake Eight. So that's kind of it's kind of surprising you didn't throw for over 37. Then if uh, deflated balls, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look at these numbers. Blown, that's just like, like that's absolutely insane. Well, he, he threw for 38 in last year's AFC Championship game, which obviously is over 37 and a half, but it's not way over. Right. But everything else is 
it's, that was also against the Jaguars. It's staggeringly over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that Jaguars team one of the, is One good. of the best secondaries yeah. we've seen in a while. So we're all the general consensus. We all take the over. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Next one is uh, a nice over-under for points. 56 and a half. I'm taking the under. 56 and a half. To put it into perspective, 56 and a half. If the final score is 30 to 27, it's an over. Yeah. I'll so you're going to take the under? I'm taking the under. Take the under, too. I'm a lone ranger. Yeah. I, I, I know uh, life's too short to bet the under, but oh, I'm not betting this. Cause, yeah, I'm not I know the game's going to be close. I saw in, in, in the Pats' eight Super Bowls, the average margin of victory is like four point something points. That obviously doesn't have anything to do with this. I right. just thought it was a cool fact. Awesome. Yeah, I'm taking the over. Both of these offenses have been absurd. Patriots quietly have the fourth best offense as far as points go in the league. Yep. They just, that's coming out of nowhere, and the Rams are second. Uh, this is just this is also like a random a random uh, stat that I just found, but this is Brady's fortieth playoff game. That's ridiculous. Like that's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he like, has um. He's twenty nine ten. That's okay. You know, it was like Tom Tom <laughs> Brady's okay. played in more Super Bowls than he has like playoff losses or something like that. Uh, well, that's wrong. <laughs> this is. This is his ninth Super Bowl. He has ten playoff losses. Oh, oh my so God! How's that? And he's right there. <sighs> okay, well, no, it was, I, it's a fact. No, I said he's, you're wrong. He's, he's played in more Super Bowls than he has road playoff games. That that must be what it was. Road playoff. He's games? played in like he's had like four One, road playoff two, games. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight road playoff games. So this yes. year he breaks the record. <laughs> he has more Super Bowl appearances than. That's a crazy stat. Took him long enough, right? <laughs> By the way, uh, like the Pats, yeah, great dynasty, blah, blah, blah. If they lose this, they're 5-5 five and five in Super Bowls, so. <laughs> uh, what, if, if, no matter what happens, wait. they made it to 10 Super Bowls, so. <laughs> wait a minute. No, they're 5-6 and six in Super Bowls. Ooh, that's tough. Well, I mean, yeah, but, like, the other loss was in, like, the 90s. They had one, like, in, like, the 70s or 80s. Like, I'm one of the biggest Jets fans on this campus, and I'll concede it. They're the greatest dynasty. Well, yeah, um, yeah. They are, but like, oh, they were losing record in Super Bowls, <laughs> going to eleven Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, but they, I mean, they had two losses before Brady even got there, though. Okay, so and just when, throw when it up. Go, so every every stat ever in the NFL before Brady got okay, there. So <laughs> no, we're talking the about we're to, talking about the Brady the Belichick dynasty. To nine Super Bowls yes, since two thousand, but you're gonna say they're not a dynasty because they. No, I didn't say that. I said that it's just a little bit of a skin mark on the Patriots organization that they have a losing record if they lose the Super Bowl. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan. Greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah. Bill Russell. Stop it. Eleven rings. Because LeBron's three and five and five. Three and six, six now, right? Yeah, yeah. Three and six now, so. Well, yeah, sure. Okay, basketball player? You can't tell me LeBron James isn't the best basketball player. But career arc, yeah, you take MJ because he's 6-0 in finals. We'll have the discussion later. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, what are you um, saying? No, I was just going because you were you said that the finals arc was a taint on their resume. I said, It's just a little skid mark, okay? Just a little, little scratch? <sighs> yeah. Put a bandit over that and you're chilling? Okay, like, okay, let's pay him Manning. Um, that wasn't even sarcasm. I know, I was like, no, I know. Okay. People say pay him Manning, like, he has a little bit of a skid because he's 2-2 two and two in playoff and Super Bowls. Stop. <laughs> yeah, because he's 2-2 two and two in Super Bowls. That's a little bit of a skid mark. If Brady, okay. if Brady goes 5-5, five and five, they make it again next year and lose. That's fair. Number four, because right now you guys have differentiated on one out of three. We got to get some difference here. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. Um... First half spread is Patriots minus one half point. So basically, are the Patriots going to be in the lead at halftime? Yes. So Andrew says the Patriots minus 
Not to take out of this, like, thing, say, do yeah, we have any fun broad bits? I mean, I am looking. <laughs> like, I have like what, yes, like I have colors of Gatorade. Yeah. Yes, I have a couple. Over under on the national anthem. That I was gonna get to that one after the serious ones. So you just ruined it. Okay, fair. Well, you said five, and we done four, so. <laughs> I'm with Andrew. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Think, so we're all in consensus. I think the Pats are up by three at the at the at the half. Scores Same. three nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Scores three nothing. Goskowski has a huge game. Uh, Kicker wins Brady another Super Bowl. Yes, I gotta go find some more props. <laughs> <laughs> they're not that hard. Well, there's a million of them. Bobby. You can just yeah, know, they're, they're, they're a bajillion. I know. There's a reason. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I'm looking for more pop, props. I'm looking for more pops. Pops. Um, New England is over under 30 points scored in the game. Oh. I, I took the over for what it's worth. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm going to spoiler. My prediction was going to be 30 to 20 pats. <laughs> so that doesn't help me. So you, you take that, you put you take it. Okay, how about 29 and a half? 29 and a half, then I take the over, because okay. I just said 30. Points. You're taking the over, too? Sick. Wow, so you guys differ. No, I'm, I'm thinking, because, like, when's the last time the Pats scored under 30 in a Super Bowl? A while ago. Uh, Seahawks. Against the Seahawks? 28, yeah. yeah for 28. I'm taking the over. Okay, here, we'll get to your uh, national anthem one. How long will it take Gladys Knight to sing the national anthem Gladys over Knight. Gladys Knight? Gladys Knight. You don't know Gladys Knight? Over or under a minute 45? Uh, over. I'm smashing the over on that. She's going to be hitting some some high notes for you. Minute 45. What was it last year? I don't remember. Well, I know Night. I, night. I know Pink oh, sang God. Night Santa, but... Oh, she's a soul singer? Over three minutes. <laughs> over three minutes. So we all say over. Yeah. Hey, okay. she's coming to Connecticut. February 16th. Do you want to go? No. Sick. Yeah, let's live stream it. <laughs> don't disrespect the Empress of Soul like that. <laughs> yeah, really. How, do you, how dare you? Oh, she's going um, to be in Jersey. That's big disrespectful. You think she, do you think she calls it uh, Taylor Ham or Port Bill? If she calls it if she calls it Taylor Ham, she's wrong. So. <laughs> I wish I knew these jersey metal. I got another prop out here. It's just a simple yes no. Okay. Or, okay. They're all they're obviously all they're all, they're obviously they're all yeah. two <laughs> options. Will Sweet Victory by SpongeBob be performed? At I really freaking hope so. So do I. I don't think it will though. I don't think it will either. I I'm saying yes. I think okay. it will. Okay. <laughs> um, holding out hope. Okay, here's a good one. Yeah, Will CBS show the replay of the missed pass interference call at any point during the broadcast? Oh, absolutely. Yes, show Are you kidding me? Yes, show it at least twice. Yes is only minus 130. So if you're like a, if you're better, smash that. Yeah. That's going to be shown like in pregame. Like, that's going to be the what first thing. Tony Rowe was going to show Does it say during the game? Or Even still, it'll be shown like in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. So. they'll show it. Because there's going to be a missed pass interference in, like, the Literally. second quarter. We're, the like, oh, we're going to have to talk about the Saints and, and about that missed call. Well, we're talking about one missed call in a championship game. Let's go to the AFC, then we'll right. talk about that. Speaking, Segway. Speaking of the Saints, did you see Drew Brees on first take this week? He was pissed. Oh, my God. They had God. him on first take to pick who was going to win, and he obviously picked the Pats because, like, the Saints are, like, a, the entire city of New Orleans is against the Rams. Right. And, it, like, he just looked like his soul was just ripped out of him. I feel so Like bad every for single him. person goes like, uh, what am I gonna do? Like back and forth, <laughs> and straight, he just grabbed it. And he just like slammed yeah, on the board, it, yeah. and the camera got real close, and he wouldn't even look at. It. He's just like, yeah. Did you guys see Jamal Adams on uh, Undisputed this morning? No. He reamed Skip a new one. What for? Uh, all the hate for the tech on the mascot. Skip. Did you hear Skip. what happened to the mascot? He didn't go to the hospital. It's, that was a fake news. Feed. They they had uh, was who was report. it? I think Field Yates tweeted out. Like his injury update, he, had, <laughs> he got checked for a concussion. He 
he had like a bruised rib or something. I, don't I, know. I, I think I think it, it ended up like being like a sore jaw and shoulder. Yeah, but what they what they didn't what they didn't show in the video is that the pet, the mascot after Jamal Adams tackled him, the mascot went and tackled Jamal Adams. Yeah, I saw that so like the middle of the field. Um, okay, last one. We'll get to some NBA next. Will a play that Tony Romo predicts result in a touchdown? No touchdown. No. No. To be honest with you, if I had the option, I would listen to this game. If I had a mute Tommy Romo on, I'd you don't like Tony Romo? I think he's to great. a T. Okay, I like to be surprised. Like yeah, I know, like he's great, saying. and he's like, he, he acts like he's been here before. Right. He won, <laughs> he won one playoff game. Yeah. Right. He never played an NFC Championship game or a Championship game to that point. Right. Like, I, I like Tony Romo. I guess. Right. Like, How about I this? Was, I, was, I love Jim Nance, so that's why I wouldn't mute it altogether. I'll come up with a follow up, a little Will Fowler prop bet off the old cuff. Oh, I like uh, that. <laughs> T- Tony Romo, correct plays predicted over under five and a half. Over. Under. Yeah, I would take the under. Okay, Usually it's look, like four. You gotta think, there's how many plays? At least 80. How high would you, if it was like eight and a half, just like the over? No. No. Six and a half? I'd say like, so. If it was six and a half. I think he's gonna do six. You said a five and a half, five I would take six. On okay. My head, though. I will I'd say, say I do hate though when when like the Pats are gonna do a play. He's like, oh, if I were Bill Belichick, I would, I would put Edelman out wide. They're not Bill Belichick. <laughs> what the hell? And like when when Brady like taps his helmet for an audible, he's like, "Oh, that means they're gonna audible, Jim." Any football fan yeah, who's like, been no watching shit. knows if the QB makes a motion with his hands, he's audible. Like you're not a genius. Oh, Bronx in single coverage up high. Let's see if Brady throws it there. Duh. <laughs> God. It's it's going up against a six foot corner uh, linebacker. Yeah. Obviously, he's gonna chuck it up to him. Or like, oh, it's third and eleven. I think Edelman's gonna run a slant. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. All right, enough Tony Romo. All right, I feel a little bit bad for him. All right, let's <laughs> let's hop into some basketball then. Um, actually, wait, no, we can't even talk about basketball yet. Real quick, because we're already at like forty minutes. Um, you said thirty to twenty. Pass? Thirty to twenty New England Patriots when they're six six Super Bowl. What's anonymous sheep? I think it's anonymous. Oh, you know maybe no maybe it's you because I sent the the rundown to your Quinnipiac email. Oh, <laughs> anonymous sheep. Yeah, you are a sheep. I'm also gonna see the pass. Okay, yeah, the score though, you gotta see the score. I don't wanna see the score, I don't wanna jinx it. Fine, Pat's three nothing. <laughs> jinx it that way. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't know what this <laughs> I don't know what the score will be, but I will say Amateurs. I, how about this? I'll double you up. I'll say Pat's sixty to forty. No, 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 no. no, no. Double up. Hundred points. You gave a score over. prediction. I'm gonna give two predictions. I'm gonna Whoa. say Pat's minus three and a half over fifty six and a half. Whoa. So I don't know what the score is going to be, but those, it's going to be meet those two predictions. So if you're better out there, listen, I've got like a 45% Wait, thought, success rate. Go chase them. I thought the spread was two and a half. Uh, it's like around three, but I want to make things interesting, you know. Whoa. On Bovada, you can like adjust your yeah. points. Like I could, I could take Pat's minus eight and a half if I wanted to. I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> case we reflect. We'll, okay. we'll foul it. Degenerate game. <laughs> okay, that's enough slander. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some basketball. Because for some reason, this is the week that it decided to go mental on us. NBA just cucked the NFL. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And it starts with Anthony Davis. We all remember a few days ago, Anthony Davis came out and said he finally wanted the trade. We talked about that on the radio show, actually. Yeah. Um, when we initially talked about it, the word was that the Pelicans were not looking to move Anthony Davis um, before July 1st. They didn't want to deal Anthony Davis before the deadline. Threw a wrench in the Lakers' plans. Um, their tone has since changed, and I last I checked, the two were having a discussion today or tomorrow, and they were going to remain in touch until next week. So my question is, straight and simple, 
Will Anthony Davis be a Laker by February 7th? No. I, I don't think so either. <laughs> no, I think he's yeah, I think he's staying in New Orleans yeah. for the remainder of the season. That doesn't mean he's gonna play another game with the Pelicans, but I don't think the Lakers are gonna get gonna get a deal done. Even if they did get a deal done, where was Lonzo, Kuzma, uh, I think Ingram, Zubots, and a first rounder? Is yeah. that worth it? That's a shit ton. Is I, that worth it? I think okay, we're gonna get to Kyrie later, but when a player says like regardless of who where I get traded because he has another year on his contract. But regardless of where I get traded, I'm going to sign with L.A. So I understand that the Lakers, they want to c- contend for a title next year. And with that free agent class, if they sign one of those sub-free agents, they can contend for a title next year. Why would you give up three or four young assets right. if you know you can get the guy in a year and a half at free agency? I mean, I, With I, a huge free agent class coming up this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that I think there's a consensus big six free agents – this this summer in uh, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler. That's weird that I just named those two when they're like the fifth and sixth best. Um, Demarcus Cousins, Durant. KD, Kawhi, and and Kyrie. I said Clay, Kyrie. and Kyrie. So those big six, you gotta think the Lakers are gonna get one of them because it's who wouldn't want to play with LeBron freaking James. I mean, a lot, it's Kyrie. a lot of people. Well, Kyrie's later. Get Paul George. We'll, yeah, we'll get uh, that later. Anyway. So Kawhi. I think if you're the Lakers, Kawhi. if you're the Lakers, <laughs> I know that you wanna you wanna contend this year because nobody ever wants to just like sit down and like not compete. But if, if this guy's telling you I'm gonna sign with you guys in two years, why would you give up all that to just to get him anyway? I mean, I, I don't know. Here's why: because LeBron is only signed for four years, and it's a guaranteed four. But when he was signed, the consensus was we're going to go and win at least one ring. Mm-hmm. And if you th- if you're Genie Bus or Magic Johnson, and you really think that Anth- you need Anthony Davis in order to go win a ring, do you want to waste another year of LeBron's contract in in uh, purgatory essentially, waiting for Anthony Davis to come in free agency, and then risk not even getting him, a la Paul George? That's fair, and I do think if. I think the Lakers are going to get one of the big six free agents in this summer. So they will have a star to put next to LeBron. Right. I agree with you. And I think the Warriors are not going to be the same Warriors next year. I don't think there's a shot uh, Boogie resigns. I think – I don't think they're keeping both KD and Clay. I think Clay's so gone regardless. Yeah, so you're keep you're essentially losing at least two of your big five. Draymond's staying, and Steph's obviously has a contract already, so he's staying. So they're going to be de- – they're not going to be depleted. They're still going to have – at least two all-stars in Draymond and, and uh, Steph, and I think KD's going to stay as well. So they're still going to be a top team, but they're not going to be the same beast wars with five all-stars starting in their lineup. So if you can get another star against against LeBron, LeBron and another star against the three stars of the Warriors, I mean, they, they have a shot at beating them. Right. And I know they're not the only two teams in the West. Uh, the Rockets are still good with James Harden, and uh, the Nuggets have came out of nowhere this year, and they, they're really good with the young core of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, but... Yeah, it's. I understand you want to get the guy now, because uh, like you said, the Paul George thing is a risk that he might not sign with you. But uh, I, I don't know. If I were them, I don't know. I wouldn't be comfortable with trading those all those young guys in a pick, if you know there's a really good shot you can get right. in free agency. Do you think it's worth it? Um, no, not for that much. Right. Um, for pretty much what Andrew said, but also LeBron's. 34. He just missed 17 games with a pulled groin. Anthony Davis is known to not be able to stay healthy. 
yeah, the Warriors might be worse next year. But hypothetically, this trade goes through. The Lakers' starting five is like Josh Hart, Lance Stevenson, LeBron, Rondo, AD, and yeah. JaVale McGee. Like, that's in the East, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God, you're going to the finals, but you're in the West. Are you even going to get out of, like, the second round with that? Like, right. I understand you have, like, two top three players, but what makes the Warriors so good is, other than obviously having three other top Top 20 players, but when you think of the Warriors, even before they got Boogie, even before they got KD, they also had a deep bench. They had Iguodala, they had Sean Livingston. I mean, that was, you want to talk about wagons. The Warriors have been a wagon <laughs> forever. Andrew talked about it last game. But I just don't think that, obviously, you want to get AD. And I said it last week, they're really bidding against the Celtics right now, I think. So I think that Magic really needs to be careful not overplay his hand and give up too much. But, like, that being said, don't fortify your entire future for... A, a chance to like that might not win a ring. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's really hard for Magic because right. like the Pelicans are looking for the best offer. Like they don't really care if AD's gonna sign there or not. Like they're gonna take the best offer they get. Also, Lonzo. Yeah, I don't want to play for the Pelicans. Yeah, let's no, shut let's the say, hell up. It's not your. It's not your. You have no leverage. Place. Yeah, Lonzo. stay in your lane, Lonzo. This isn't <laughs> up to you. But never lost. That that I think that that's the kind of price it's gonna take to get. Right. Anthony Davis, but it's just it's it's a matter of is it worth fortifying your future for m- maybe because I still don't think with LeBron and AD I still don't think that's good enough to get a ring. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. And you also have to realize, like, when you're making a deal like this, everyone is thinking in the sense that oh, Anthony Davis is coming, that'll make us a contender. Speaking in the mind of a Lakers fan, obviously that'll make us a contender, but. What they don't realize is that you're losing three-fifths of your starting five. Yeah. So, in, in a sense, as far as depth goes, it's lateral movement. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. getting any better. You're getting better from an individual standpoint. But, yeah. like, remember uh, the Warriors, their, their slogan the past three or four years, not so much lately, but when, when their dynasty, quote-unquote, first started, it was depth in numbers, strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. Because from 1 to 12, they had guys who could go out and perform at a starting caliber yep. level. If you're starting five, is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then a grab bag of Rondo, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, Svi Mikhail Luke. Hey, like, don't disrespect Svi. Like. No, I love, I, as a spot-up shooter, he's incredible. Nothing else. But, I, yeah, I don't know if it's worth it to go after him now, even though the price is probably going to be lowest now, as crazy as that yeah. sounds. Once all the teams get involved, the Pelicans are going to have a hell of a lot more leverage. Um, but also, the, sorry, gonna, I was going to say, the good news is that when we record a podcast next week, it's going to be April 8th, so this will all be said and done, we can Whoa. discuss it. April 8th? Well, uh, <laughs> February 8th, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's yeah, April 8th. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of wish it was April 8th, but <laughs> baseball season, baby. Yeah. Also, too, you know, you, you talk about the Lakers. I don't, like, I, I understand, really, it's only ever worked out, like, once in my mind when you, you trade a plethora of players, and it actually worked out. I know when the Celtics traded for KG, they gave up like eight players, and it worked out. They won a ring. I know when you think of it, it doesn't matter if you're trading half your starters, even if you're trading half your bench. You think about the Timberwolves. They had Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, all the studs they had on that team, but they had no bench. When they're playing 40-plus minutes a game because there's nobody else in your team, you're not going to win. They started a season like 3-8 and eight or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know where I was really going with that. But. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Interesting take. <laughs> um, we're, we're actually, what are we at? Like 47 40, minutes. minutes. So I think 
we've got two options. We'll talk about one of them. We can talk about Porzingis or Kyrie Irving. Porzingis is Kyrie's fake news. I think Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Sure. Can I just say a quick tidbit on Kyrie Irving? Sure. And, it, and it, it trickles into Anthony Davis yeah, a little bit. It. If, okay, before the season, Kyrie said he's committed to the Celtics if you'll have me. People forget the if you'll have me. Bro. Right. Um, and then today he was asked about it and he said, uh, right, I am still committed, but I'm I going to keep my options open. And who wouldn't keep your options when you have a play, when you have a chance to play with LeBron again? And they've meant they've mended their relationship after there was a parent falling out because Kyrie was a young kid who just wanted to you know run around and do his own thing. But uh, LOL, you got the goat on your team. Why don't you help him out a little bit? Uh, anyway, the Kyrie free agency it puts a little bit of a wrench in the Celtics plans because if you if Kyrie says I am absolutely hundred percent going to resign with you. Then you can trade these young assets for AD, and you have a stud one-two, uh, one-two in Kyrie and AD. But if Kyrie leaves, and the Celtics are essentially out of the AD um, sweepstakes, because why would you trade all those assets? And AD said he might not want to resign with the Celtics. So it's interesting. Kyrie, Kyrie's free agency, it, it's it put a little bit of a. T- I think that's why the Lakers, they can they should wait. Right. That's another thing why the Lakers should wait because the Celtics might not be able to offer what they could offer in the summer if Kyrie leaves. All, all three of these stories are kind of intertwined with each other. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. If you think about it, Kyrie leaves, then that opens the door for the Knicks, who just got rid of Chris Porzingis, opened up a ton of cap space for two max free agents, and potentially swinging it because they got two first round picks from Dallas. People forget that. Yeah. Swing those to the Pelicans with assets, get Anthony Davis, potentially looking at. Um, uh, whew, I'm blanking. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis? Yeah, well, then they have a crap bench, but, like... Well, right. That, is that within the realm of possibility for the Knicks? It is, but I, I like the Lakers, I think the Knicks will get at least one of the big six right. free agents. Because um, they have they have $70 million in cash space. So you can have two max... You can sign two max free agents. So it's... This, this summer, I cannot wait for... Like, I'm, NBA... I think the NBA and NHL is like tied in my third favorite sport behind the NFL and MLB, and I've just gone started getting the NBA like the past couple of years. Like I'm really starting to watch games other than just the Sixers, and this summer, like I'm like more excited about this summer for the NBA free agency than like for baseball, and I love baseball. But when you have six of, I guess you could say the top twenty players in the NBA, they're all going to be free right. agents in the summer. I mean that's just insane. But the Knicks, yeah, I still I know the Knicks are terrible this year. And they've been bad for the past couple of years, ever since Melo really took his decline. But it's still New York. Living in New York, I think, maybe even a bigger factor than playing for the Knicks. Because, like, who wouldn't want to live in New York City? But especially as an athlete. So I still think that I still think the attractiveness is there, playing in Madison Square Garden 41 times a year. So I think they will get one of the big six. And that also, I mean, that's, I, I don't know. This whole offseason is going to be insane. If there's one reason that the I, – I agree with you. I think the Knicks will be able to sign one. If there's one reason that they're not able to sign one, it'll be because of what happened yesterday with the statement that Chris S. Porzingis sent. Within an hour, there were rumors about Porzingis doesn't want to be here. He would prefer to be traded. He doesn't like the culture. 20 minutes later, yeah. he was dealt to Dallas. I, so many questions. Yeah, I have – Nick and Nick start his thing, but I have a little bit of a like a conspiracy theory, I guess you can say, about that. But Nick, you can go ahead. Man, you got me all fired up. <laughs> no, I just thought it was weird. I said at the beginning that he, I saw a report saying that he the meeting with Nick Stas was literally under five minutes long, literally. and then like twenty minutes later, like, hey buddy, you're going to Dallas. 
I just think it's weird. I think that uh, the Knicks are really gambling on that they're going to get at least one big free agent this year. And if they don't get a big free agent, then, wow, they're going to have some egg on their face because you think of they're, they're rebuilding. <laughs> they took... Uh, well, first of all, when they took Kristaps, everybody was booing the hell out of him. You right. have the, yeah. the infamous Michael Rappaport video. Who the hell is this guy? And now, now they're the ones all yeah. weeping that they just traded him. And then when they took Frank and Tilakina, uh, Dennis Smith, I blanked on the name for a second. Dennis Smith Jr. was taking like two picks right. there. So yeah. you should have them anyways. And it just kind of shows like the Knicks are just a poverty franchise. These past five years, they've sucked. Terrible drafting. Yeah. When they have a high pick, they don't know who to get. And I think also... If they they don't need to get two free agents, they need to get one because don't forget they also can have Zion on the roster next that's year true. as well. Yeah. That's true. Which I think is interesting. But that the pick and roll with Luca. Oh, and, I'm uh, so excited to oh, see that. Also, if you thought um, Porzingis was good now, wait until he gets some mentoring from uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Too. Literally, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Okay, conspiracy theory okay, time. My conspiracy theory is that Christoph Porzingis did not request a trade from the New York Knicks. Rather, the Knicks requested to trade him and I guess you can really say requested to trade because they're a franchise they can do what they want I think that Christos Porzingis will never be 100% and will never be the same player that he was before the ACL injury for these reasons he's 7 foot 3 and he's got a very lanky body I don't think he has a Brandon Ingram type body he's got a little bit more muscle than Brandon Ingram but he's still not a muscular guy he's more lanky but having having that stature with a torn ACL it's tough to get back yeah, from and true. you see DeMarcus Cousins, it's not a miracle that he came back as quickly as he did. I mean, a year is, you think a year is kind of a little long for Achilles, usually like eight to ten months or whatever. And a guy of his stature, it's tough for him to come back, and he's playing pretty solid. He's only played, he's only played like seven games, but anyway. I think, I don't think Chris House is going to be the same player that he was, and I think the Knicks know that. So that's why they kind of just created this like trade request thing. And then they dumped them, and like we said, they're essentially tr- shredding salary. And Dennis Smith Jr. is the only guy they're going to keep in this trade, uh, besides the picks, obviously. Right? Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna buy out DeAndre Jordan. They're gonna buy out Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh wait, no, sorry, um, Dennis. No, yeah. Wesley Matthews. Yeah, Wesley Matthews. They're gonna buy out Jordan, and they're gonna buy out Wesley Matthews. They're gonna keep Dennis Smith Jr. because he's got a little bit of potential left, and a change of scenery, and maybe we'll do him good. Uh, and those first two round, the two first round picks in twenty twenty one and twenty three, so you can flip them for a star player in a trade, but. Yeah, I think I got, got a little theory here going that Kristaps didn't really want to leave New York, but the Knicks were like, you know what? I, we're not quite sure you're ever going to be 100% <laughs> again, so we're just going to go back to square one. That 2021 pick, too, is huge because they're saying how uh, the one-and-done rule might end in 2021, yeah. so effectively that could almost be like two draft pools in one. Yeah. Yeah. So from one to 30, could be you could get a potential superstar, right. so you really want to get as many draft picks that That's year true. as you can. Um, Knicks Twitter has been going off about this deal. Colin Porzingis is a snake, saying he never wanted to be here, all that crap. Is is Christos Porzingis a snake for wanting to escape a defunct franchise in which they have made no effort to build around him for the past four years? Yeah, no, you kind of said it. Not at all. I mean, they've they've had cap room. And given this is the best free agency pool they've had in a while, but they've had cap room for since Melo left, and right. they haven't done anything with it. I already said they've drafted terribly. I mean, it's the Knicks' own fault for him going away, and. I'm glad he did it, to be honest, because I kind of feel bad for him. I know you said he tore his ACL. You don't know if it's going to be the same. But, you know, playing in a, in, a, in a city like Dallas, where it might not be the biggest NBA market, but god damn, do they love that team down there. <laughs> I think it's going to be good for him. Yeah. So I'm happy for him. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a snake. And, count, okay, getting out of my, my own conspiracy theory thing, <laughs> if Chris Ops did 
uh, request a trade. I mean, if Anthony Davis does it, I know Chris Osborne saying this isn't Anthony Davis, but like if Anthony Davis does it, then what the hell? Why can't I do it? I guess Chris Osborne would say. And any, I think any player wouldn't want to just play for a losing franchise. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 a natural competitive instinct to want to win and. When you're on a 10-win team, I know he's not playing, but when you're on a 10-win team, and in that market, I mean, the Knicks haven't been good, like we said, since Melo started its decline. And New York has been kind of faltering. They just have the Yankees now, who uh, haven't won a championship in 10 years. Good team. So, so, I mean, they love their Knicks, and I'm pretty sure the Garden's still sold out every night, but I I don't blame him for wanting to be out if he did request that trade. It's it's competitive nature to want to go out and win, and the Mavericks, oh, if Kristaps can even be like seventy percent of what he was, him and Luka, I think Luka Doncic is already a star. Right. Yeah. And I, he did get some from the All Star game. I know they only picked twelve teams. Did you see that? Or twelve players? Did you see that? They Dirk gave Dirk and D Wade. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Paul Pierce is probably pissed off about that because he didn't get his thing <laughs> or whatever. Also, too, they're talking about the Knicks with a cap room now, but uh, Dallas just freed up money too by trading DeAndre Jordan. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they'll make a splash for agency. They, that's somebody I was talking about last year. Freedom some cap space. Dallas? They can move Dallas, yeah. Yeah. So no, they could be good they, if they get the right player. But, I mean, nobody knows where anybody's going to go. I said it last week. It's going to be exciting, too, with all these all the players that are free agents are all in, like, basically super teams now. So if they all leave, it's kind of cool to see, like, the, the demographic and the, the power shift in the league. So I'm excited to see that, too. You know it would be crazy yeah. if the six, like, uh, the big six free agents, they all went to just, like, they signed, like, minimal contracts. They play for, like, <laughs> Utah. Yeah, like the Jazz or something. Like they just Good Orlando. They just ran Sacramento. Yeah, they, went, they went like eighty and two. But then lost the but then lost in the West Conference Finals to the, to the LeBron. Yeah, I, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> um, so what do we think? I think that was a productive episode. Yeah, knocked out a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm, stuff. A, I'm a hype for our radio show on Monday. Oh, I love it's gonna be good. Oh, breaking news. news. D'Lo is replacing Victor Oladipo. Yes, hey, yes, yeah. yes. Thank God. Like he that. deserves like it. it. Yeah, I would like that. I was gonna be Jason Tatum, but I guess not. I mean, I'm you're done. ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm happy for him. D'Angelo Russell, uh, he had kind of a rough career with the Lakers. I'm glad he's finally breaking out in Brooklyn because we people forget he was a second overall pick. Like he had that potential at Ohio State, yeah. and um, to see him succeed, maybe is... uh, maybe D'Lo will go to the Knicks. Maybe he will. <laughs> <laughs> I try to tell Kieran. I remember Kieran was a Nets fan all the time. He was like, oh, Kyrie Irving's leaving your free team. Like, oh, yeah, and, and your only star on the Nets deal is going to leave too. He's like, no, come on now. He's in New York. <laughs> like, all right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us in this podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at WagonsWQAQ. Uh, I don't know our personals off the top of our heads, but they're, they're in the bio. They're, yeah. they're there. Um, keep an eye out. Radio show every Monday at 3 p.m. now, a time change. Uh, 98.1 FM and WQAQ.com if you're from out of the area. Keep an eye out for podcasts every Thursday and Friday. Uh, Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. And until next Monday, this was Circle the Wagons. Go Pats. Love you guys. (laughs)